Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Soul Patrol Jesus 911. Hey, family. It's Monday. Thank, uh, thank the Lord for another day. Uh, blessed be God. Hey, today on Mondays, I've told you that I'm going to start reverting to, I'm going to spend the whole year talking about the greatness of Catholicism every single Monday. I just want to give uh, you ammunition. I want to give you uh, inspiration every single Monday with uh, all the bad news that's going around in politics, culture, sometimes even the church. We need to know the other side of the story. And the other side of the story is that Jesus Christ has established a church that has done some pretty amazing things when people live according to the precepts of that church. Also, I want to mention that today is January 23rd. It is the day of prayer for the legal protection of unborn children. It's also the feast day of St. Vincent. Pray for us. And St. Marion Cope. Pray for us. So in all the dioceses of the United States of America, uh, January 22nd uh, or January 23rd, if it falls on a Sunday, it's observed as a particular day of prayer for the full restoration of the legal guarantee of the right to life and of penance for violations to the dignity of human persons committed through the acts of abortion. And uh, today's uh, Psalm, Psalm 98, sing to the Lord a new song for he has done marvelous deeds. That's exactly what he's done when he gave us a Catholic church and the things that have happened within the Catholic church in the last 2000 years that no other religion has replicated or even come close to. So today I want to talk about and in, uh, in this, in this proud to be Catholic Monday series on Mondays, I want to talk about the colleges and universities. You know, they're a mess today. Most of them are a mess, but they didn't start off that way. They're only a mess because we have a woke culture, a woke liberal culture. But uh, <clears throat> when I talk to a liberal, a woke leftist, and they'll say something like, oh, yeah, I believe in science. That's why I don't believe in the Catholic Church anymore, because I believe in science. Well, I tell the woke liberals, also, do you realize that it was the Catholic Church that built the university systems? I say, what? I said, yeah. The Catholic Church built the first university. It wasn't built by an atheist or a secular humanist or a, or a Muslim or a Jew. Universities were built by Catholics. Let me give you the history. Yes, Catholics built universities. The word university comes from the medieval Latin word universitas. Universitas. That Latin word means a group of scholars. And in late Latin, the word Universitas, it means a guild, a society, a body of men. And from late Latin, universitas means it means whole, totality, or the or universe. It could be said that the Catholic Church has invented education, at, at least as we know it today. No other institution in the world has had such a historical impact on the elementary, secondary, and higher education systems. 
Secular learning as we know it today would not be possible without this medieval invention, the university. And Catholics built the universities. Remember, it comes from the word universe because Catholics want know that God created everything out of nothing and he created the universe and Catholics wanted the schools of higher learning to study the universe, God's creation. That's where the word university stems from, from universe. The universe was an utterly new phenomenon in European history. Nothing like it had existed in ancient Greece or Rome. From the structure of courses, examinations, and degrees, the Western world soon became engaged in the great formal pursuit of knowledge as a means to better understand human nature, the natural world, the Catholic faith, and the universe. So, what do we owe to the Middle Ages? You'll find sometimes secular humanists will call the Middle Ages, they'll call it the Dark Ages. Well, Dark Ages, so what, what do we owe the Middle Ages? Is it all dark? Well, how about the university? Medieval man from the Middle Ages invented it. For the first time in the history of the world, you could go to Paris or Bologna or Padua or Oxford or Prague or Cologne and study under masters of law, medicine, philosophy, and theology with your degree designating you as a master or a doctor. It would hold good anywhere in Europe. It was an international community of scholars. A young Thomas Aquinas born in in uh, southern Italy at the beginning of the 13th century would travel to Cologne to study philosophy under the philosopher biologist Albert the Great. Then then to Paris, then Thomas Aquinas, then he went to Paris where he taught theology and philosophy, then to Rome and back to France. And this sort of thing was the rule among scholars, not the exception. Perhaps the greatest single contribution to education to emerge from Catholic civilization was the development of the university system. Early Catholic universities, again, include Bologna in 1088, founded, Paris, 1150, Oxford, 1167, all by Catholics, Salerno, 1173, Vicenza, 1204, Cambridge, 1209, Salamanca, 1219, Padua, 1222, Naples, 1224, and Vercelli, 1228. Get this. By the middle of the 15th century, more than 70 years before the Protestant Reformation, there were over 50 universities in Europe. Many of these universities, such as Oxford, still show signs of their Catholic foundation, such as quadrangles modeled on monastic cloisters, Gothic architecture, and numerous chapels. Starting from the late from the 6th century, excuse me, from the 6th century, uh, 
Catholic Europe also developed what was later what were later called grammar schools, and in the 15th century, produced the movable type printing press system with incalculable benefits for education. Today, it has been it has been estimated that church schools educate more than 50 million students worldwide. Did you catch that? Today, it's estimated that Catholic church schools educate more than 50 million students worldwide. The earliest Western institution that can be called a university was a famous medical school that arose at Salerno, Italy in the 9th century. And it drew students from all over Europe. It remained merely a medical school. However, the first, uh, the first true university was founded at Bologna, or Bologna, late in the 11th century. It became a widely respected school of canon and civil law. And so most people don't realize it was the Catholic Church's canon law and civil law which gave birth to European law and American criminal law. So this 11th century university in Bologna, Italy, it became a widely respected school of canon and civil law. The first university to arise in Northern Europe was the University of Paris, founded between 1150 and 1170 A.D., it became noted for its teaching of theology and it served as a model for other universities in Northern Europe, such as the University of Oxford in England, which was well established by the end of the 12th century. The universities of Paris and Oxford were composed of colleges which were actually endowed residence halls for scholars. All these universities that I just mentioned, guess what? were founded by Catholics. This was centuries before the Protestant revolt. So, the university system is a gift of the Latin Middle Ages to the world. This developed with the help of the Catholic Church. Most people don't know this. Contrary to the suggestion that the church feared learning and promoted ignorance, the Pope's chartered universities protected students and encouraged the development of an international scholarly community. You're listening to Jesse Romero, Jesus 911. On Mondays for the rest of 2023, I am going to show you how amazing the Catholic Church is every single Monday. I will take a different aspect or a different contribution that the Catholic Church has made to the world and I'll go into detail and give you a deep dive explanation. Today we're talking about the way the Catholic Church built the school systems, specifically the universities. Stick around, we'll be right back. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, 
Dial 888-526-2151. Hey, if you like what you hear on Jesus 911 VMPR radio shows, you can share the shows by going to the full show link at vmpr.org. You can also find us on social media at VMP Radio and on our YouTube channel called Full Sheen Ahead. Share us with your friends and evangelize everyone you love. Remember, the month of January is dedicated to the holy name of Jesus. And so find any excuse to project the name of Jesus with faith, hope, and love throughout the day. On Mondays, I'm going to be talking about how amazing the Catholic Church is. Today, I'm focusing on the fact that the Catholic Church built the university systems. Most people don't realize that. And as a result of the university systems and the Catholic Church building education as we know it, the church also has given us the disciplines, like, for example, of modern science. Yes. How about modern science? St. Thomas Aquinas' teacher was St. Albert the Great, who was a biologist. Why should that surprise us? Medieval men believed that God made the world as an ordered whole. They learned it both from Scripture and from pagan thinkers such as Aristotle. Science did not burst on the scene with Galileo. Copernicus died in the 16th century, but he was a priest astronomer at a Polish university founded in the Middle Ages. He wasn't even the first man to suggest that the earth orbited the sun. Others had ventured the suggestion. Most prominent was the later medieval Nicholas of Cusa, a philosopher and cardinal in the Catholic Church who, po- who uh, posited this position that the earth orbited the sun. So you see, Catholics have always had a, had a great zeal for education. The tradition of education, it really began in the great monasteries, which became our universities and centers for learning. In, in this country, the USA, the Catholic school system has educated millions of Americans who are now leaders in society. And our education system is a great reason to be glad we're Catholic. The NCEA reports that Catholic schools in general do substantially better than their public school counterparts, noting that 99% of Catholic secondary students graduate and more than four out of five go to college. In point of fact, there are many forms of ecclesial life that have, that have emerged as developments of what was present in seminal form in the teaching ministry and style of Jesus. For instance, for instance, Catholic schools and universities have evolved from our, from our Lord Jesus Christ's practice of teaching. Yes, it's Jesus who gave birth to the school system. 
It's Jesus's ministry of teaching. Like I said, I think the week before, Jesus' ministry of healing gave birth to hospitals. Jesus' ministry of teaching gave birth to schools. Jesus' ministry of the Last Supper gave birth to the holy sacrifice of the Mass. Everything good in Western civilization comes from Jesus. Remember in the Bible, in sacred scripture, our Lord Jesus Christ was called teacher by his apostles. In John chapter 1, verse 38, the apostles called him teacher. And in Mark chapter 1, verse 22, the Bible says about the apostles that they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Even today, Jewish professors in Israel respect Jesus of Nazareth and regard him as a master teacher, even though they don't believe he's the Messiah. My friend Jeff Cavins, a Catholic Bible teacher and a Holy Land tour guide expert, says the following. He gave a lecture. The lecture is called fed and fulfilled at the table of the Lord. In this lecture, which is recorded, was recorded by St. Joseph's Communications back in 2001, Jeff Cavins, Bible teacher, Bible teacher, Catholic Bible teacher and Holy Land expert, said the following. He said this, quote, Jesus was a teacher. He was a rabbi of the first century. The word rabbi comes from the word rav, R-A-V, which means great, a master, a teacher. And because Jesus became a great teacher, he became a great master. The Hebrew University of Jerusalem today recognizes Jesus' teachings of the first century as being the epitome of first century rabbinic teaching And they will tell you today at Hebrew University, even though they may not adhere to his teaching, they may not buy into who he said he was, they will tell you, it doesn't get any better than this. He is a master. He is incredible when it comes to teaching. I talked to Jeff Cavins, who's been to the Holy Land probably about a hundred times. And I asked him, where did you get this information? He says, oh, in one of my trips to the Holy Land, he says, uh, I attended a, a lecture. I was part of the live audience in Jerusalem. And Jeff Cavins told me, the woman in Israel or the, the, the female professor in Israel that, that made that statement is Professor Hannah Safrai. Jeff Cavins told me, I was at a live audience in Jerusalem and she's a professor at Hebrew University in Jerusalem. And her father is the very famous Jewish scholar, uh, Professor Samuel Safrai. He has the entire Talmud memorized. 
Jeff told me when he heard this, this Jewish female professor saying that Jesus Christ was a master teacher. It doesn't get better than this, that he was incredible. He said, my jaw just dropped. But once again, it's from Jesus' teaching ministry that the Catholic Church was inspired and influenced to start teaching others. And again, going back to what I said in the very beginning, the schools of higher learning, university, why did the church call them university? Well, the word university comes from the medieval Latin word universitas, and it has many definitions, groups of scholars, body of men, but one of the definitions of universitas is universe. The Catholic Church knew that because God created everything out of nothing, God created the universe and everything within the universe, the Catholic Church reckoned that it should study the universe, study the, dis- the different disciplines that we may have, history, biology, archaeology, astronomy. It's only by studying the disciplines in the Catholic Church that we would be able to know more about this God who created the universe. And so Jesus' words had a historical impact on his followers. And as a church came out of the shadows because it was underground for about 300 years until the Edict of Milan. Once the church received religious liberty by a converted emperor, Constantine, in 313 or 314 AD, where this executive order called the Edict of Milan, then the church started putting into practice everything that the church heard from our Lord Jesus Christ. The church started building hospitals, for example. The church started building orphanages, for example. And the church started building schools, for example. Once the church received religious liberty. But the inspiration to build hospitals and orphanages and schools of higher learning was because of the teaching ministry of Jesus Christ, the healing ministry of healing ministry of Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ's his preference for uh, the children and for the poor. And so, a lot of people try to say <clears throat> that the Middle Ages were a time of darkness. On the contrary, the Middle Ages is when the church built. The first university and these universities, these schools of higher learning, they just swept across Europe like wildfire. And in these schools of higher learning, people could finally learn law and medicine and philosophy and theology and math and become proficient and even become experts. Prior to the, the formalized school system and universities that were built by the Catholic Church in Europe, the only people that were educated prior to the Catholic schools being built were the, were the clergy. 
those are the only ones that were educated. But the church realized that even in an agrarian culture, that some lay people were called to be educated as well. It wasn't something that should just be relegated to the clergy. So that's why the church, again, hearing the, wo- the words of her master, Jesus Christ, in his ministry of teaching, the church started opening these universities for everybody, not just for the clergy, not just for the priest, but for everybody. And then obviously, some of the greatest universities, I think I had mentioned to you, I think the number was 70 or 80 universities in Europe were open before the Protestant Reformation. So, without a doubt, thanks be to God to the Catholic Church who gave birth to our educational system. If you got a high school diploma or a college degree or went to school, thank Jesus Christ and the Catholic Church. We'll be right back. Stick around. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911. Hey, have you heard the joke? Uh, the Mormon prophet, that's what they call, the, the Mormons call their, what we would call our Pope. They call uh, their top religious leader, their prophet. They were founded in 1835 in, in Palmyra, New York. So the Mormon prophet told the Mormon apostles in their general meeting in Salt Lake City, Utah, several years ago, he said, uh, he says, I have some good news and some bad news. The good news is that Jesus has come back. He is here on earth. So the Mormon apostles began yelling, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Then the Mormon prophet said, the bad news is, that he called me from the Vatican. Here's another one. One day a little girl was sitting on the porch of a Catholic rectory with her puppy as the local Baptist pastor walked by. So the little girl said to the Baptist pastor, Pastor, look at my puppy. He's a Baptist puppy. The pastor smiled and said, Good girl, I'm proud of you. The Baptist pastor then walked over to the rectory of the Catholic Church and called out the priest to take him to the little girl. The Baptist pastor and the priest walked over to the little girl and the Baptist pastor told her, tell him what you just told me about your puppy. The little girl said, Father, look at my puppy. He's a Catholic puppy. The Baptist pastor said, you told me he was a Baptist puppy. What happened? The little girl said, oh yeah, that's when his eyes were closed but now they're open. What's the point? Well, I want to open your eyes to the beauty of the Catholic faith. Let me give you kind of an overview of the history of the Catholic faith. From the 19th century, British historian Thomas Macaulay, he was an Anglican. He wrote an essay that the Roman Catholic Church as the most successful institution that has ever existed. Unusual for an evangelical Protestant, Thomas Macaulay became fascinated 
by the, by the church of Rome in which he found many things to admire. And in his essay on Ranke's history of the popes in the 1840 Edinburgh Review, he both argued that it proved itself the most successful and long-lived of all Western institutions. So this is a Protestant historian saying that the Catholic Church is the most successful and long-lived of Western institutions. Thomas McAuley writes about the Catholic Church the following. He says this, There is not, and there never was on earth, a work of human policy so well deserving of examination as the Roman Catholic Church. The history of the Roman Catholic Church joins two great ages of human civilization. No other institution is left standing which carries the mind back to the times when the smoke of sacrifice rose from the Pantheon and when tigers bounded in the Flavian Amphitheater. The proudest royal houses are but of yesterday when compared with the line of the Supreme Pontiffs. That line we trace back in an unbroken series from the Pope who crowned Napoleon in the 19th century to the Pope who crowned Pepin in the 8th and far beyond the time of Pepin. The August dynasty stands till it is lost in the twilight of fable. The Republic of Venice came next in antiquity but the Republic of Venice was modern when compared with the papacy and the Republic of Venice is gone and the papacy remains. The papacy remains not in decay, not a mere antique, but full of life and of youthful vigor. The Catholic Church is still sending forth to the farthest ends of the world missionaries as zealous as those who landed in Kent with Augustine and still confronting hostile kings with the same spirit with which she confronted Attila the Hun. Nor do we say, nor do we see any sign which indicates that the term of her long dominion is approaching. She saw the commencement of all governments. I'm talking about the Catholic Church here. The Catholic Church saw the commencement of all governments and of all of the world. And we feel no assurance that the Catholic Church is not destined to see the end of them all. The Catholic Church was great and respected before the Saxon had set foot on Britain. The Catholic Church was, was great respected and great before the Frank had passed the Rhine River. The Catholic Church was respected and great when the Grecian eloquence still flourished at Antioch. The Catholic Church was great even before when idols were still worshipped in the Temple of Mecca. And the Catholic Church may still exist in undiminished vigor when some traveler from New Zealand shall 
in the midst of a vast solitude, take a stand on a broken arch of London Bridge to sketch the ruins of St. Paul's. Another historian, his name is Will Grant, he also talks about the greatness of the Catholic Church. Professor Grant Durant, excuse me, in his book is called The Story of Civilization, The Age of Faith. He writes, If art is the organization of materials, the Roman Catholic Church is among the most imposing masterpieces of history. Through 19 centuries, each heavy with crisis, the Catholic Church has held her faithful together following them with her ministrations to the ends of the earth, forming their minds, molding their morals, encouraging their fertility, solemnizing their marriages, consoling their bereavements, lifting their momentary lives into eternal drama, harvesting their gifts, surviving every heresy and revolt, and patiently building again every broken support of her power. How did this majestic institution known as a Catholic Church grow? It began in the spiritual hunger of men and women harassed with poverty, wearied with conflict, awed by mystery or fearful of death. To millions of souls, the Catholic Church brought a faith and hope that inspired and canceled death. That faith became their most precious possession for which they would die or kill. And on that rock of hope, the church was built. The church, the Catholic church, was at first a simple association of believers, an ecclesia or gathering. Each ecclesia or church chose one of more presbyters or elders or priests to lead them. And one or more readers, acolytes, subdeacons and deacons to assist the priests. As the worshipers grew in number and their affairs became more complex, the congregations chose a priest or layman in each city to be an episcopoi, which means an overseer or a bishop, to coordinate their functioning. As the number of bishops grew in the Catholic Church, they in turn required supervision and coordination. In the fourth century, we hear of archbishops metropolitans or primates governing the bishops and the churches of a province. Over all these grades of clergy, patriarchs held sway at Constantinople, Antioch, Jerusalem, Alexandria, and Rome. At the call of a patriarch or an emperor, the bishops and archbishops convened in, in synods or councils. If a council 
represented only a province, it was called provincial. If it represented only the east or the west, it was called plenary. If both, it was, it was general. If its decrees were accepted as binding upon all Christians, it was ecumenical. That is, applying to the oikomene, or total Christian inhabited world. That's what the Greek word oikomene means. The occasionally resultant unity gave the church its name of Catholic or universal. You're listening to Jesus 911. My name is Jesse Romero. On Mondays, I'm going to spend Mondays talking about the greatness of the Catholic Church. Just little tidbits of information that most people have never heard before. Most people hear the negative side of the Catholic Church, but most people have never heard the greatness of the Catholic Church. That's what I'll be doing every single Monday for 2023, taking an aspect of Catholic life and just uh, unpeeling it like an onion and showing you that there's no greater religion in the world than the Roman Catholic Church. Jesus 911. Coming up in a few minutes, you'll hear more about the greatness of the Catholic Church. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911. Talking about the greatness of the Catholic faith. How amazing is the Catholic Church? Given to us by the Lord Jesus Christ himself. The Catholic Church, when it's lived... When the faith is lived, the church does some amazing things, obviously because it's the mystical body of Christ. Dr. Thomas Woods, professor at Baylor University, wrote a book entitled How the Catholic Church Built Western Civilization. The publisher gives a synopsis of the book, and the publisher writes the following. Ask a college student today what he knows about the Catholic Church, and his answer might come down to one word, corruption. But that one word should be civilization. Western civilization has given us the miracles of modern science, the wealth of free market economies, the security of the rule of law, a unique sense of human freedoms, charity as a virtue, splendid art and music, a philosophy grounded in reason and innumerable other gifts that we take for granted as the wealthiest and most powerful civilization in history. But again, as, as Catholics, but with the ultimate, what's the ultimate source of these gifts? Well, Thomas Woods, the best-selling author, professor he says, who gave us all these gifts that I just mentioned? The long neglected answer is the Catholic Church. Thomas Wood's story goes far beyond the familiar tale of monks copying manuscripts and preserving the, the, the wisdom of classical antiquity. He actually wrote a book, it's called How the Catholic Church Built Western Civilization. 
And in there, he talks about, number one, why modern science was born in the Catholic Church. He talks about, two, how Catholic priests developed the idea of a free market economy 500 years before Adam Smith. Number three, how the Catholic Church invented the university. In there, he talks about number four, why what you know about Galileo, the, the Galileo affair is wrong. And five, how Western law grew out of church canon law. And six, how the church humanized the West by insisting on the sacredness of all human life. That's a big one. That's a big one. No institution has done more to shape Western civilization than the 2,000-year-old Catholic Church and in ways that many of us have forgotten or never known. So in his book, How the Catholic Church Built Western Civilization, it's, it is essential reading for recovering the lost truth Western civilization comes from the cult or culture of Catholicism. Everything good about Western civilization comes from the Roman Catholic Church. Everything. And most people, again, they just have no clue. A little bit of the history of the Catholic Church. The Vatican is the oldest continuous organization on earth built literally on the tomb of St. Peter the Apostle. Over, cent over the centuries, it has witnessed the rise and fall of empires, philosophies, and scientific theories. And yet it still remains on the same spot proclaiming the same gospel. Catholics believed that the Holy Spirit has been with the Catholic Church uninterrupted and perpetually since 33 AD and therefore we still have and will always have until the end of time the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. Christendom means Christ's kingdom. That is the church. The Catholic Church has been under the same management for over 2,000 years. I'm going to repeat that again. The Catholic Church has been under the same management for over 2,000 years. There's an old saying that, that goes, all roads lead to Rome. Well, that's not too far from the truth. And think about, for example, today, or actually yesterday, where we celebrated in the Catholic Church, in all the dioceses of the United States of America, yesterday we celebrated, it was a particular day of prayer for the full restoration of the legal guarantee of the right to life and of penance for violations to the dignity of human persons committed through acts of abortion. I'll tell you, even my Protestant friends have admitted 
you know why we do not we no longer have abortion as federal law it was because of catholics ever since 1973 when the supreme court passed the unjust law roe versus wade catholics rolled up their sleeve and they began fighting against the culture of death right from day one. Catholics have been praying in front of abortion clinics, holding signs with their rosaries in hand, praying, and oftentimes getting beat up, getting assaulted, uh, getting you know constantly verbally vilified, even arrested by police, and Catholics have been out there since 1973 like courageous fighters of the faith. And I'm certainly glad that we as Catholics, we never gave up because that w- this is the most important work on earth. The famous Rabbi Maimonides, who's like the St. Thomas Aquinas for Jews, he said, if you save one person's life, it's as if you save the whole world. Roe versus Wade was finally turned over by who? It was Catholics praying outside of abortion clinics since 1973. The march for lives around the country, specifically in Washington, the biggest one, San Francisco is probably the second largest one. All the march for lives around the country or walk for life, all of them were initiated by Catholics. Catholics put the pre- kept the pressure on Then Pope John Paul II gave us the term to use, the culture of death. And finally, by an act of God, who would have ever thought that a billionaire, secular, fallen away Protestant businessman who became president and promised to overturn Roe versus Wade who would have ever thought that he would have gave us the number of Supreme Court justices that were constitutional conservatives that would overturn Roe versus Wade? It was done by Donald Trump, a Protestant Presbyterian. He assigned, of the three Supreme Court justices, two of them are Catholics, practicing Catholics, and one is a practicing Protestant. So that made the court now six conservatives, Supreme Court justices, and three liberal Supreme Court justices. One of the liberals is a, an apostate Catholic, Justice Sotomayor, an apostate Catholic, who's pro-abortion, obviously. And I can only, uh, I'm only guessing, I'm only thinking out loud. It wouldn't surprise me if she's the one that leaked the information on how the court was going to vote on Roe versus Wade. Have you noticed they have not told us who the leaker is? They haven't told us who the leaker is because they're probably trying to save, uh, save her identity and her reputation because she would have to be removed from the Supreme Court if we can prove it was her. And I'm sure the Democrats know that. But the point is, 
we have a majority of conservative Catholics on the U.S. Supreme Court. And as a result of that, what happened? Roe versus Wade was overturned. That's why Antifa and Black Lives Matter was, was activated immediately. Black Lives Matter and Antifa right away went to several Supreme Courts, specifically Judge Kavanaugh. They went in front of his house because the left had doxxed him. They put his address on the internet. So you had these two anarchist organizations that went to his house and they were intimidating and threatening him. He still did the right thing. He voted to overturn Roe versus Wade. These are the things the Catholic Church does. Great things. When the Catholic Church follows her Lord, her Master, and her creed, and her principles. The Catholic Church, once again, is the most amazing religion on planet Earth. And so just to recap, today I talked about the way schools, elementary, secondary, and universities were started by the Catholic Church in the Middle Ages. That's a fact of history. We also talked about, talked about a little bit about the overview, the history of the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church has seen all governments, all civilizations, all of them rise and fall. And the Catholic Church is still here. Praise be to God. Hey, that's a wrap. My name is Jesse Romero. Every single Monday, we'll be talking about how great, how amazing the Catholic Church is for 2023. Do not be afraid. Remember, we serve the Virgin Most Powerful, a 12-star general. Pray the Holy Rosary and read the Holy Bible every day. Unite your prayers to the heels of the Blessed Virgin Mary and to the Sword of St. Michael. Up next, Gary Machuda, Hands-On Apologetics, coming to you from the Midwest Command Center. As for, as for myself, I am EOW, end of watch, I'm out. Christ conquers, Christ reigns, Christ commands.